I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, welcome to the call on this Monday, the 25th of September. Same deal. We've got 10 stocks that have picked by you. We've got one stock of the day, two experts, and we've got an hour to do it in. And we're a little bit late, so let's get going. We've got Gaurav Sodi from The Intelligent Investor here, Nathan Somasandaram of Deep Data Analytics. Guys, I know it's going to be a good program. We're going to be discussing <laughs> Camplify, mm. ASX, Seven West Media, Elders, and Kelsian, mm. all in the first half of the program. Mm. And I chose a stock that we don't talk about a whole lot mm. for stock of the day, which is Lifestyle Communities, because Goldman Sachs has conducted an in-depth bottom-up analysis of the company and says that it's increasingly confident that the company can accelerate settlements, earnings, and cash flows. It expects gearing to fall by 42% in FY25, for I should say 35% in FY26, and an upgrade to FY26 earnings by 22%. So it's lifted the price target to $25.25 and it's now rated a buy and on the broker's conviction list, and it is one of the best performers today so far. So guys, I know it's a little bit left field, perhaps, mm. but it's got some interesting thematics, I think. It's got demographics, it's got property exposure, um, you know, and other tailwinds. Admittedly, though, headwinds as well. Yeah. So, Nathan, how do you weigh up the pros and cons? Yeah, look, I mean, you start with how good is the business model? It's a very good business model. Um, a lot of people have got, I mean, it's not a surprise model. I think most people know about it. Uh, has performed well and it ticks a lot of boxes, as you said, with the demographic well, and where we are in the rental market and the property cycle and so forth. Um, but yeah, look, it's at the end of the day, it's asset value related and you got, I mean, of all the information that I'm getting from the banks, the banks are cutting a lot of costs, letting go of a lot of people. So they're seeing a tougher cycle coming in. Um, and I think the rates after the last update from the US Fed, higher for longer. Um, and that's what the market is worried about. And that'll flow through to asset prices. Property sector pulled back a lot. Um, originally when we had the bear market start off, so did retail, mm-hmm. but then they bounced back. So they're in the middle ground. I don't think they're cheap. I don't think they're expensive. I think they're fairly priced for the risk in the market. Um, this is probably one of the better ones. Uh, but look, I mean, if you look at the numbers, it looks expensive. The yield looks too big on historical terms. Is that be sustained? Probably not. I think things will slow down, but it's a solid business and I think it holds up relatively well. Um, I think it depends on what you're buying it for. If you're buying it for the yield thematic, you know, as long as you understand that the future yields will be lower, I think it's okay. I think it holds up relatively well. Um, and I think the thematic holds up relatively well for them. Um, so I, I'm okay with that for the yield thematic but I'm just a bit wary on the sector, so we're staying out of it. Um, There are a few good players in that sector, and this is one of them. So I'm comfortable if you're there for the yield play, but for me, I'm looking at total return in this market, and there's a fair amount of risk in the market. The upside is not really there for me for uh, the potential market risk, 
So I'm not there for that reason, but if you're there for the yield thematic, I think it's okay. Risk versus reward. I agree and disagree in some respects. Um, I don't think this is a yield stock. This is a business that's really good at recycling capital mm. and deploying it again at good rates of return. And that's probably the secret sauce of the, of the company is that it continues to own the land but sells the, um, the dwelling. So the, um, when the purchaser buys the, the plot of land, the property, they're actually just, they're not buying the land, they're leasing the land and they're buying the dwelling. Um, and so the, um, the, once they make a sale, you, you get a kind of a capital return of the, the dwelling, but then you get a constant um, annuity stream of mm -hmm. revenue from the rental income that builds. And so the more they can recycle their capital, the larger their, um, the um, network of, of rental income, the role of rental income starts to build. So there is a good underlying business here um, it's incredibly complex in terms of accounting. So if, if you were just looking at the numbers, I think you'd miss that this is a, a high quality business. Um, I really like management here. I think they do a good job of explaining a, a complicated business. And when there's opportunities to mask and to, um, um, to confuse, they always choose not to confuse and to be Tech. transparent. Yeah. And I think that's really important in a, in a complicated mm. business like this. Um, a, a decent degree of insider ownership. You, you sort of mentioned it before, Nadine, there are a couple of um, headwinds for the business, which I'm surprised have not been clocked in the share price because it's continued to, to tick up quite nicely. Um, uh, one is the, um, the it is heavily um, reliant on property market, but not the way you think, because most people who buy here um, are actually selling uh, city properties and then buying um, one of these um, land lease downsizing. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And they're often people on low socioeconomic incomes. They're often people who have um, um, a low value property and also are on some sort of government support. It's more than half their their client base. So you a hit to property values um, makes a big hit on the affordability of their custom base to actually afford the dwelling in the first place. So that's it's something that could potentially slow it slow things down for them. Hasn't so far because we haven't had a property slowdown, which um, I think has shocked a lot of people. Um, I'm going to keep this as a hold. I think it looks a little bit expensive, but I've said that for a while. And I think sometimes for these high quality businesses, and I do think the trick about this one is to recognize it is a high quality business. Yeah. You can pay up for these. Um, I'm going to go a hold, but I, I think with more work, one should be comfortable buying it at this price. Okay. It's a long-term player because if you look yeah. at the um, substantial shareholders, Posse Super, Challenger, Vanguard, Stage Street. So there's yeah. big boys there for the long term. They're willing to sit through that's the, the right, cycle. That's the right shareholder. Yeah. Case. So yeah. You, you can see they're not specky buyers. Yeah. They're there for the long-term players. So that's why you, you can't, because of the quality of the model, it's, it's not a sell. But yeah, but we know what the headwinds are. It'll probably yeah. take a while. That's the, that's the problem. But it is a good business model when the cycle turns. So perhaps a bit of opportunity cost in being in it, you know, buying it now. Yeah. It's it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because um, sometimes you have to pay for quality. You do. You, know? you do. Um, Unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. That's a lesson you have And in this kind of market, quality is extremely expensive. Yes, and that's the problem. That's right. Okay, let's find out if the next mm. company, which has been nominated by you, our viewers, is mm. a quality stock. This has been picked by Tracy and it's Camplify. CHL is the ticker code. So marketplace kind of um, business in some ways, but it uh, really gained traction in COVID and it's where you can go online and rent um, you know, camper vans and, and you can rent your own camper van on the site as well. And it's made a number of acquisitions. It's gone 
outside of Australian borders. Just by memory, this is a company you've liked in the past, isn't I've, it? I've owned it in the past. Yeah, okay. Yes, that's right. Do yes, you own memory. it now? I don't own it now. I had planned, when I bought this, I bought it, um, it was a busted IPO. It IPO'd and then just collapsed. And um, I can't remember why it collapsed, but these marketplace businesses, when they work, are probably the best business models in the world. And here was a marketplace business, quite nascent, but I'd come across Camplify because I used to cover a business called Fleetwood that yes. manufactured RVs. That's true. So I used to spend yeah. a lot of time at RV shows, yes. <laughs> uh, which I never expected to do Did in my career. Did they sell that bit to the New Zealand? Yeah, they sold that bit. Yeah. That's right, okay, that's yeah. right. So they don't do RVs anymore. But when I used to go to trade shows, um, I used to hear this Camplify all the time. It was a private business at that stage. So when it listed, I kept an eye on it. And um, I think there's a good, there's a makings yeah. of, a, of a really strong business here. They're faced with a really difficult task because as a two-sided network, they have to build the demand and the supply simultaneously. So they have to encourage campers to go on the site. They have to encourage renters to go on the site. And they're doing that really successfully. I'd say the, the harder thing is to encourage um, camper vans or assets to get on mm -hmm. the site. And they're doing that. They've integrated an insurance product, and that is really hard. If you're an individual who owns a camper van and you want to lease it out to someone, you cannot just go to your insurance company and get insurance. You need a Camplify to be able to handle that. And their platform not only um, underwrites the insurance, uh, they don't actually they don't actually underwrite, they broker. So they broker the insurance. Um, they have an um, agreement with Allianz to underwrite it. So they don't take the risk, but they do take a cut of the margin. I think they make about a 30% margin on the insurance. And that insurance is crucial into getting assets on the mm -hmm. platform. Really well thought out company. Um, the acquisitions sound scary, but they've actually been really sensible and I think well priced. They are now the market leader in Europe and there's a platform there to grow across the rest of the continent. Um, I really like this company. So um, why don't you own it anymore? <laughs> I just there there are other ideas. I mean, this is a loss making business yeah. um, that's still sucking in cash. Um, it's scaling beautifully. So um, gross profits have gone from five million to twenty-five million um, as the transaction value has risen, and that's exactly what you want to see. If that did not happen, that means this idea is not working, but it's working. I think the take rate, which is the amount of margin they take from the transaction value, is higher than almost any other business I've seen of this style. So it's probably going to fall. But there's so much embedded growth here. I, I think you can buy this. I haven't bought it yet. You're right. You know, I haven't bought it, but I, I see other ideas. I'm probably less riskier at this stage um, of the game, but I've got my eye on this, and I would be happy to pick it up um, if I had more money. Okay, well, fair enough. You can't buy, can't buy everything, everything. Yeah. right? Um, what about you? Yeah. Camplify, it's loss making. We're in a rising interest rate environment. Uh, yeah. We've got debt. I mean, Gurav was struggling to not talk himself into it. I was. You, you know me too well. Yeah. I, was, I was thinking, why don't I own this? He's just about to shoot himself on the foot. Yeah. Um, I actually learned about the stock from Gaurav. And yeah. I, I give him credit. It, it was actually a pretty... It, I like the blue sky. We were talking about LIC before. Mm. I need, like, in this kind of market, you want to take the risk return. It needs to have that blue sky. Mm. It needs to have that upside that you go damn, I'm willing to take the risk for the upside. Yes. This one does have that. Yes. Okay. And it did have that run up and then it went too far mm. for where it was. And and I remember, you know, I said, we, we should take profit here. Yeah, I remember it was because of you that I took profit. Yeah, and it was right. I didn't want to sell. And, and it was right. It's now come back. Yeah. It's a growth <laughs> stock. And I mean, we're yeah. not right all the time, but this time we were right. Yeah. And it came off and it's pretty much gone sideways. I do like it and grabs bang on in the context that they're executing. 
this is a time when you want to look at these tech stocks and look at how they're yeah. executing because it's a tough time. These guys are targeting in a weird way. They they grew too fast too quickly and the market got scared, right? And they're pricing too much. The execution actually surprised me. And they're targeting a market where, I mean, I know baby boomers is a bad word to use, but it is targeting that kind of a market. And they've got finances, they can spend. And it actually is holding up better than in spending. That category is holding up better than most. So I think this is actually all right. So interrupt me, but yeah. I think that the beauty of this business is that it sounds like a stupid idea, the way yeah. Airbnb, I remember when Airbnb first became a thing, people used to say, oh, you're gonna rent your couch out or a yeah, room yeah. in your house? No one does that, it's crazy. And, um, and they actually grew that market from really tiny to a huge market, everyone does it now. I think the similar thing is happening with um, with Camplify. It's currently leasing your caravan is a tiny, tiny uh, market. Yeah. Not many people with caravans do it. But as the platform succeeds, you're going to see an explosion of this. I think the whole market's going to grow with the success of this business. Because unless you're driving around Australia, that asset just sits there doing that. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Graham is trying so hard not, not to. Work. So, <laughs> wait, are you putting it oh, as a buy? Oh, I actually think it's it's a, oh, a, a classic. Uh, how what was that uh, nibble? Oh, yeah, nibble. Okay. I think you buy this okay. over the next because I actually think the next quarter can be quite tricky for the market. Yeah, and you have to have a bit of stomach for it. So, this is a growth stock. Um, this is churning cash. It's going to hurt when you know interest rates are five percent for God's sake. Yeah. Um, so eventually that'll buy. So this one might come off, but this is one I think if you you know buy it over the next three to four months gradually. I think you'll come out on the other side. I think the risk return is worth it. Just on the pure couple of years of numbers, I think this thing could double from here mm -hmm. when things start to hit. But this is a potential REA in a small market. So there is a lot of levers they can pull when things start to run. Okay. Mm. And so the upside is worth it. So yeah, it's a nibble and I would buy it over the next three months. And I think over the long term, uh, unless they do something dramatically wrong, they are executing what they should be doing. So okay. this is going in the right way. All right, so I'm calling it a buy. That will be going to the investment committee. No. I've just made that executive decision. We are I'm talking a lot more about growth stocks okay. right now. Yes. Let's move on though. Mm. Let's get to the ASX. Let's see who this has been picked by. Damien, who has actually name dropped you guys. Oh. They wanted this. So Nathan and Gorov have said in the past that sub 60, ASX is an ugly buy. I note that it's been sub 60 for a while and it doesn't look like it's turning the corner. So is that sub 60 rule still valid for you? I noticed that Nathan has this in his Gary list. Gary list? What's Gary? What is it? Gro growth at reasonable yield. Oh, right. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah. So growth at reasonable yield, ASX? Yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, look, I think it's, um, look, it's ugly. Uh, there's, there's no doubt. I mean, think of everything that can go wrong. It's gone wrong. Mm. Um, new CEO throwing the kitchen sink at it, uh, basically said everything's gonna take longer. Um, there's a restructure plan on the restructure plan. Um, so market confidence is zero. Uh, but look, there is no alternative. You want in, in this environment, equities is going to be part of your investment portfolio. Um, ASX is the main utility that plays into it. Um, and their volumes are slightly down because of what's happening with the market. But in a bear market, this actually performs. So for me, I look for things that are defensive, utility-like, and are non-correlated to economic growth. In bad economy, ASX sees a lot more turnover. So I suspect ASX will do a lot better. Uh, expectations are crap. Uh, so I, you know, th there's no one likes ASX, right? There's zero love for ASX. Mm -hmm. So I like that concept. Um, the, you know, 
extreme cases if someone comes and does a bid for it now that there's yeah. uh, actual competitor mm. so if there's a bid then you get the free kicker so i think the valuation is supportive i think the utility value of it is undervalued um yeah it's ugly everything's gone wrong hey they only got to get a few things right for it to so recover. 56 79 which is where it's trading right now you'd buy it i'm a buyer below 60. Buyer yeah. below 60 he's, he's, he's probably right um but I don't, I'm, I'm nervous. Hesitant. I'm hesitant. Yeah, but I, I, I like your reasoning. I think you're probably right. And no one wants to buy this stock. Yeah. Everyone hates yeah, it. Yeah, because so there's no um, expense. Yep. Everyone's out. And they've stuffed it up. All the hot yeah. money is yep. out, right? There's zero. We were in it, ran up to, I thought 80 was my sale price. Went to yeah. 90. I was yeah, like, what the hell? Yeah, and I, we right. got out at 80 and then we yeah. look stupid. And yeah. then it's now back below 60. I go, yeah, yeah I'm happy to buy. Yeah. yeah, okay. Look at the numbers on this and it all looks like a disaster. Gross profit, net profit, um, returns on capital, returns on equity, at least halved over the last four years since COVID. Um, it's it's a disaster. And it's, it's a disaster because they haven't been able to execute on their CapEx, on their software upgrades. Uh, and that's, that's ruined the economics of the business for now. But you'd hope that this is a short-term issue and the competitive position of the, of the business remains intact. If you believe that, then this is a buy, yes. Um, I'm going to be a bit more cautious and go hold okay. um, for now. I suspect that's, that might be the wrong decision. Being no, don't worry. Now. I will never be able to get this through the investment yeah. committee. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's probably the reason why one should look at it more carefully. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to be cautious on it. I'm going to go hold. But okay. Mathan Race is a, a, a good case. Yeah, not a, not a terrible idea to buy it. Wonderful. All right. So that's number two on the list. I uh, hope that helps you because, yeah, obviously that was a burning uh, question for you guys specifically. Uh, third stock on the list is Seven West Media, picked by Alex. Well, now we start to think about slowing economic cycles again, don't we? Because we've got uh, advertising likely to take a hit mm. as uh, the economy slows. But Seven has been pretty resilient in terms of, you know, the, the programming that it's had. Oh, it's had huge yeah. wins with programming. I think it now, I think for the first time, it's got more than 50% market share, I think, or, or close to it, if not if not 50%. Um, in terms of programming, it is uniquely the, it can reach more Australians than any other platform in the country. And that's going to be worth something. You see in the numbers, the numbers aren't terrible here. I, I thought they would be a lot worse than they actually were. Uh, I note that 50% of the operating profit now comes from the digital platform. And to me, that says that the long um, shrinkage of, of revenue and profit is coming to an end because I think the business has now figured out how to integrate um, digital and conventional media together. Um, and that digital platform is far more profitable than I thought it would be. It's incredibly cheap. I think it's going at three times earnings. My, my problem with it really is the is the balance sheet. There is too much debt on the balance sheet. But didn't they do a lot of work to reduce the balance yeah. sheet? I mean. They have, and they have paid off um, a lot yeah. of, of that debt, but it's still too much. I think for a business that is not growing at all and, and maybe shrinking a little slower, um, and the cash flow here is, is surprisingly lumpy and, and not as good as I would have thought, um, for this style of business, you'd want less debt on balance sheet, and that really increases the risk. So we're going into, a, um, we may be going into an economic downturn. Should that impact cash flow and profits, you're still left with this big debt to, to service and pay at a time when interest rates are rising. So it's a huge risk to think about. And that probably explains the, um, the three times earnings. I, I think that's probably justified. I'm not sure this is um, an outsized opportunity, but I do think if everything works out fine, 
if you pay down that debt, your equity value just balloons, and, and this could make an easy double um, from here if there's no problem. I'm going to go with a hold. Um, for those who, are, who enjoy the, the, the spicy stuff, the you, you could buy this. <laughs> but I think a, a business that's very obviously cheap on a really low PE, it's not, it's not usually an opportunity there. I'm going to go with hold. <coughs> hold for 7 yeah. West Media. Nathan? Yeah, I, I, you know, sad, but I have to agree. We were positive on media sector, mm. uh, especially the old media. Uh, we were in a, in a number of them. Um, Australia was not supposed to go into recession, um, mm. and we are technically in per capita recession. Oh, yeah. is that right? Yeah, yeah. we yeah. are in capital uh, per capita recession, and and I think that might extend. Um, and global slowdown is going to play out, and that'll weigh on it. So you know, we are in a technical, I suppose, per capita recession that we didn't really have to have. Um, and I don't think the RBA policy is going to change. I think we're going to have a slow grinding economy. Um, I think the slowdown will affect uh, consumers and consumers have been held up a lot longer than what people thought. And that's mainly because of the savings from the uh, post pandemic era. And that's all running out. And this is not just Australia, it's global. But we were actually better than most and we've just burned the candle on both ends. So we're, we're getting to that. I think the Q4 into Christmas will be weak. Um, and I think it'll affect uh, media. And we were in it, we got out because um, the policy setting was actually bad. Um, we were in any uh, nine entertainment, which is the biggest gorilla. Yeah. Yep. And even that, I don't see the value. I mean, it's been going sideways yep. and I don't think that's gonna recover in the short term. Um, the one actually performed well is um, O Media. Mm. Um, the, uh, the outdoor, I think that's that's got unique, better growth than the system growth. Mm. So that's kind of plays well. But even that, we, we, we don't think media is a play right now. We're negative on retail. This is flowing into media, and I'm not jumping in. I don't think it's a hold. I think you stay out of the sector. The risk return doesn't match up for me for where the economy is. If if you think the economy holds up, there's a lot of other sectors that'll do a hell of a lot better with lower risk. Okay, so I reckon seven is one way to play this. You get the upside without taking the balance sheet risk because they own a big stake in Seven West, Seven Group. So it's seven Group. Yes. 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 Seven, yes. Yes. yes, yes, sorry for the confusion. Yes, Seven that Group is a better way to play That Caterpillar, place. number yeah. of different yeah. pieces, yeah. moral. And if this beach. works, then you can participate in the upside. Yeah. Sure. And if it doesn't, you don't get destroyed yeah. by that debt. Yeah. Fair call. Okay, so it's a hold at a sell for Seven West Media. Hey folks, mm. support your local business and finance streaming service, Ausbiz. <laughs> Tell your friends about us, we'd appreciate it very much. All right, Elders is the fourth stock on the list picked by George. He wants to know Nathan's thoughts on whether he likes it down here at these levels or is there more downward pressure to come? Nathan, I got to come clean. We get a few emails about yeah, I know. you and Elders. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> um, and I'll look. Ready to I, die on that hill. Yeah, look, I, I don't think so. I think it's it, it's about where we thought the El Nino. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Food prices, where it is in the agri sector. I don't think any of that's changed. Um, it got hit initially because the CEO was going to leave. He's not leaving now. Um, and then obviously we had the inflation boosted prices in 2022, and now we're getting lower prices. Not really a shock. Um, if you look at the longer term trend, it's actually pretty much in line. Management is still pretty good. I think they'll track well. I think the prices will rise over the next six to 12 months. Um, I was at a conference last week and I think Wilson's uh, person, she was, uh, pushing the whole inflation in food thematic. Um, and I think I agree. We've been on that for a long time. I don't think it's anything's gone anywhere. I think the market does smash this down when things go bad and then 
love it too much when things go Don't great. Don't you wish you would have sold, you know, oh, early yes. in I this mean, year? It's, it, it is true. Um, I mean, there wasn't anything wrong at that point. I think the market, if you look at the same thematic of what's happened on prices and what you should do, there's a lot of other sectors that should be smashed a lot more than this one. So yes, agri-sector gets the bad name because for what it is, but which I find quite amusing given where the food prices are. Uh, but um, uh, look, it's been But down. all the chartists out there would be saying... Yeah, I know. If, if, if I did purely by the chart... Um, Don't fight you know, the trend. Librarians would be billionaires. Uh, so <laughs> that's in right. reality, that's you have yeah. to have a multidimensional view. And this is one where we're willing to take the risk. We've been mm. in Instech Pivot. We've been in this one. Uh, we're happy to play that. And okay, well, I'm presumably, happy. if you were buying at higher prices, you'd buy now at these... Oh, look, around the six, seven dollars, um, I think it's a, a great buy. Um, okay. I think the management, you back it. How about you? Yeah, what, last time we had this conversation, I said to you, it needs to be below six dollars. And now that it is below six dollars, I find myself a bit squeamish. And the reason is the balance sheet, Mace. Yeah. Um, if this, this is a highly, this is one of the most cyclical businesses on the ASX. Look at all the revenue streams, and they are just so highly geared to climate, and, uh, and rural wealth. And all those things, uh, they're going down. Like this, this, this weather, El Nina, La, La Nina, whatever it's called, I mean, this is a big deal. This decimated um, rural incomes last time it hit. And um, the market's pricing it to do the same. And I, and I think the likelihood is that it will. The, the issue with it is that the you, you've got a balance sheet here that is probably carrying a little too much debt. The way to run a cyclical business is when everything is booming and times are good, you've got to run um, a cash surplus so that when things are bad, you can then draw down and, and you can you can have debt when things get really bad. At the t When things were looking wonderful, elders were still carrying debt and it's going into a downturn carrying debt. I think that's a really dangerous thing to do. This is actually a decent quality business. It's complicated, but it makes consistently high returns on capital. I think it is well managed generally. But I don't like the way they've managed the balance sheet and it introduces more risk than needs to be here. If this was a clean balance sheet, I'd actually buy this. You're going into a downturn, you've got some financial headroom and you can wear whatever is coming at you. But mm -hmm. from here, things could get really ugly. Um, if So they, they had a, a profit downgrade because products and margins were falling, product sales and margins are falling. If that continues and earnings and cash flow fall even further, then all of a sudden, the debt becomes an issue, then you're on the hook for a dilutive capital raise. This is, that's the history of this business. And it's because they don't manage their balance sheet properly. Um, I wouldn't be there yet. Uh, I need to see progress on that debt or I need to see a lower share price. Um, not True, much yet. Oh, but I don't see the regional um, area struggling. Um, all our contacts, we've got quite a few clients in that yep. space, and they are not struggling. They are bullish as ever. They're buying assets. They're fighting to buy assets. And I think the prices hold up quite well. Mm -hmm. And what we've seen in the past is because the prices get pulled up. So as weather, erratic weather plays out, and this is happening around the world, food prices go up and then farmers invest more because their capacity to pay, suddenly their margins improve and they're playing better. And I think elders, I grant you that the debt is high and, and that's what you know, if you want it's to throw it's not crazy some, high, but it's it's high enough. It's to be high an enough. Issue. Yeah. But imagine if like number of other sectors mm. where they're playing that high. I mean, we're talking about banks trading at all time high multiple mm. in a time when mortgage holders are seeing massive rollover risk. But that's not being challenged. That's why I find that 
dichotomy in the market, some sectors are getting hit a lot more. That's why I like some of those sectors. And this is one of them. So yes, uh, but like for me, the regional economy is still holding up really well. I actually think the regional will hold up better than the city economy. I think the city economy collapses over the next six months. I think it's into real tough times. I mean, you can walk around the city, there's lease signs almost every second building. Right? That's true. That, that it's possible, but all you need is a bad season and, and incomes plummet. Like it's completely outside of our but control. But that's already priced in. At six bucks, it can get, it can get a lot worse than this. You get a lot oh, worse. Oh, I don't know. At six bucks, yeah. you're We're not going to be able to change his mind. Bro. <laughs> no, he's going to die on the yeah, hill. You're right. right. Let's just move on. All right. Okay. Kelsian <laughs> is the fifth stock yeah. picked by Helen. So this is. Um, it's not just tourism exposure, Queensland exposure. It's also. You know these government public transport side of contracts. Um, you know, so it's it's quite a diversified business. But I don't want to put words in your mouth. Mm. I mean, when you think about Kelsian, um, its ability to continue to win contracts, to extend those contracts—that's what it's really all riding on, right? I thought this would be a decent business when I first came to it. I mean, government bus contracts, um, very good marine contracts. It came from Sealink, yeah. which, which was a good business generating high returns, and so. I just assumed this was going to be a pretty decent business. And um, after taking a look, this is a disaster. I would run hard from this. I would almost short this. I think this is um, a disaster waiting to happen. Why? This is a $1.5 billion market cap business, $500 million in net debt. Yeah. The returns on capital have halved over the last five years. They started off with a really high quality ceiling business, and they've just kept on building worse and worse quality businesses on top of that. So the return on assets, um, the, the, the bus, um, the Australian bus business, which is the bulk of, of, of uh, Kelsian, <laughs> return on assets of 7.5%, and that's not counting interest or tax. So probably about 5% return on assets. You could take that money, park it in the bank and get a higher return. And you're taking on all that risk for a 5% return, it's just crazy. As I said, marine, the, the old um, um, ceiling. ceiling business, that makes a 12% return. I think that's, that's pretty good. Um, and they're continuing to expand this at really low rates of return. So they're taking cash flow and then deploying it at, at lower than, um, than the cost of capital as so a rate of return. Is that just bad management? It is awful. It is, I, as I said, I will not, will not touch this. The international bus business, $280 million of assets that they've spent. And by the way, all of this has been acquired. All of it has been yeah. acquired with, with dilutive capital raises and debt. So they've, they've thrown maybe a billion dollars of capital um, into this business over the last few years. This international bus business, a 1.5% return on assets pre-tax. It's, it's not making any money. This is the definition of senseless, profitable growth. It looks like empire building to me. Um, I would stay away and I would be tempted to short because You've got a business here that's growing, generating poor rates of return, um, using lots of debt to do it. It's just a disaster waiting to happen. Ooh, those yeah. are very strong comments. <clears throat> uh, I'm actually not surprised, but mm. I'm surprised that Guru's gone this high. Yeah. I, I'm surprised too. Uh, I thought this was going to be a good. I yeah. thought this is going to be quite a good business one. I'd like, but um, but this but no. was this yeah. was previously yeah. a market darling. Yeah, yeah. for and, good reason. It was a great yeah, quality. It was a business. Yeah, and. And I, there are some businesses had to had to diversify and expand into different areas because the existing model was basically petering off. And Sealink made a big move into defensives. And you're you're right; it kind of makes sense when rates are nothing. Um, you can acquire yes, these yeah, businesses. That's right. that's right. And I think that was the problem. I think yeah. the model that they were going for 
assume that the rates will be relatively low for a long mm. period of time. And now that the rates have gone up, it's completely changed the dynamics. Um, and yeah, it kind of doesn't make sense to me uh, because the returns has to be a lot higher. And this is not a model that's going to be giving you that cyclical upside. What are you buying? Um, and I think any kind of downside, you're going to see less travel and that'll flow through. And so it is a pseudo cyclical stock, but you don't get the big kicker. I'd rather be in a media stock because when eventually the economy runs up, this will they'll take off. You don't get this huge takeoff on this one. So the risk return doesn't make sense. So yeah, for me, it's a sell and go somewhere else. Jeez, but okay. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, you know, no, I, 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 I like it. I like it. I like it when his veins pop yeah. and he's going for the emotion. Yeah. Going for it. Yeah, it's, it's good. A, it's that yeah. jumbo-sized coffee he's been drinking. <laughs> um, all right, let's just take a pause and mm. uh, yeah, sum up what we've learned so far. It's been a good first half of the program. So lifestyle communities, it's a hold for both of my guests. Gaurav actually think it's a bit expensive right now, but both of them agree that it is quality management, longer term, has upside. Uh, Nathan points out that if you're in it for the yield, you know that's why you'd continue to hold it. That it's it's pretty good in that regard. Okay, Camplify. It is a double buy from both of my guests. Although Nathan um, would just be nibbling at it for now, he says that they are executing, and that's what Gorab says as well. You know, they are making a good business. The only caution is that you know it's still loss making, but you know if these companies can execute, which it seems to be doing, there's upside. ASX, it's a hold for Gorav. He's just more cautious than Nathan, who's uh, you know, not deterred at all by the fact that it's an ugly stock. In fact, that's what makes it attractive to him at this price. It's a utility in his view, so mm. it's a buy. Seven West Media, um, look, Gorav says that the balance sheet is just too leveraged. It's a hold for him. You might want to play it through the parent seven group because you get to capture the upside there, have diversification through seven group. That's what Gaurav agrees with as well. In fact, he would be selling seven West Media because he reckons we're in for a tough time fourth quarter into Christmas. Um, then we spoke about elders. So it is still a buy for my friend Nathan oh, here. Incredible. Yep. Um, <laughs> and I think, you know, food inflation thematic and the mm. regions in his anecdotal evidence are going still strong. but. Gaurav points to the balance sheet. It's not, it hasn't prepared itself for the down times in his view. And then calcium, run hard, maybe even short this one, says Gaurav, return on assets, no good. And uh, Nathan's a sell as well. Rates essentially killed the model. I think we can sum it up that way. Um, okay, so that's what we've learned so far. How's the portfolio going? Well, you can look to Nathan for some of the either credit or otherwise, but going into <laughs> September, we took out Paradigm Pharma, um, but we brought in Challenger. And so it was also added to because we trimmed Altium and Paladin. Actually, you weren't there last month, were you? Um, no. no. Anyhow, no. portfolio. No, no, I was. Were you? Yeah. Okay, sorry. Sometimes they blend into one. No offense. <laughs> so far, our fund is up 8.91% on a cumulative return basis since its inception on March the 1st. So please do send in your requests, keep the call switched on, and the double buys get put to the investment committee. If there's a company in there and both of my guests on the day agree to sell it, then we would also put that to the investment committee. All right. We actually had careless and we took it out. Yeah, I'm glad you yeah. did. Yeah. We had a bit of a bounce and we yeah, took it yeah, out. Okay. Yeah, nice, good. nice. Good. All right. Yeah. Invitation's still open, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, Brickworks mm. is coming up. I, IKE GPS, IKE is the ticker code. Yeah. Never know what to call it. Webjet, Xanadu Mine. So we'll get a view, actually, 
Is this right? Transurban? Yes. And a narrow group. Okay, my list has changed slightly, but I'll roll with it. Okay, Brickworks. This is for Angela, who says, forecast earnings for Brickworks point to a significant reduction in FY24, followed by almost flat growth in FY25. James Hardy's earnings forecast, on the other hand, is expected to continue to grow. I guess she's wondering, because both have exposure to the U.S. market, somewhat interesting that she does this research, check the U.S. Philadelphia Housing Index. Yeah, I like it. (laughs) Um, Though Brickworks has, in her humble opinion, an interesting exposure to industrial property development through their JV with Goodman. She knows her stuff, says, I'm a happy holder of James Hardy, but Brickworks is interesting. Besides, sooner rather than later, we know Australia will need to build more housing for a growing population. So... Is Brickworks just overvalued or is it misunderstood? What a great question. Thank you for that. I'm going to start with you, Nathan, because, you know, rising rates, et cetera, et cetera. But like if you still try to get a builder to do anything, you're waiting. Yeah. It's sexy. Yeah. Look, I think, look, it's a great business. Um, there's no doubt. Um, interesting she mentioned James Hardy. Yeah. Mm. Look, they're a phenomenal business. They make money in a recession. So, you know, you can back them. Um, but it's a sell. Um, it's a sell. James Hardy is a sell, oh, as well as Brickworks. Um, if you're going to play that thematic, I'd probably play it through Saul because you'll get a bit more diversification. Mm. Um, and why, the fact why, that, why would you sell Brickworks? Okay, so the uh, caller said it perfectly. The one to look at is the Dow Jones Home Builders Index. So that peaked about two months ago, um, and it was a higher peak than the peak in 2021. I mean, rates were nothing then. Uh, the market got overly excited with what's happening in the property market, so the, the rates are going to change. The Fed has just come out last week and said higher for longer. Now, the most optimistic view for rates uh, expects around 4%, 4 to 4.25% for the next two years. Uh, they put out 2026 forecast, you're probably looking at around 4% for the next three years. That means mortgage rates are going to be around 6%. I don't care whether it's 6%, 7%, 8%. There are some people calling 8%. It doesn't matter. If it's hanging around these levels, things are going to be tough. US economy, the great thing about it was when there are industries that are moving around, people move from state to state for work. Nobody is going to move when they've got a mortgage at 3% and you want to move to 7 8%. So people are going to stay where they are and going to look for jobs. So then, then you get a competition trying to get those workers. You're going to be paying more. Inflation is going to be elevated for a lot longer than what people think. Uh, these fights do not happen quickly. Inflation in a um, developed economy mm. takes somewhere around seven to 10 years to get it back into control. Now, every time inflation goes up about 5% in the US, it has never been taken under control without a recession. Never in the last 70 years. I'm just saying it might be different this time, but hell no. Uh, so it's going to be tough. Now, when that index, everyone got overly excited, our domestic uh, construction stocks didn't actually chase. So the US ones ran half, yeah. then the local ones ran up. Now, you've seen the US ones now rolling over, that'll happen here as well. Interestingly, if you look at the long-term cycle, it's the same trend that comes through to us because the US sets the rates globally. Uh, the, because our banks, 30 to 40% of the funding comes on a global market, so the trend is global, right? So I am negative on all the housing construction material, and the historical trend tells you when the US one rolls, everyone else follows. Okay. I so could be wrong, but you are a great business, but you wait. Yeah, you wait until right the rollover. Yeah. Okay. I think you guys are looking at the wrong stuff. You know, um, 
That's guys. Mm-hmm. Him guys. Well, well, him, okay, him, him guys and, him and, and, and the his viewer. crew. Okay, thank guys, you. Guys, I mean, as a um, <laughs> as a broader broader term. I mean, it's correct. Brickworks does have. It's called Brickworks. It has a building products business. It has an American business. You're going to say it's so, because they do the land and then the refurbishment. It's just so immaterial. It's, it, it's maybe twenty percent of the value of this company is in the entire buildings products business. Maybe eight percent is in the U.S. Whatever happens in the U.S. is completely immaterial. What happens to coal prices is more important to Brickworks than what happens to the American construction cycle. Um, and that's because they own about yeah, half yeah. the value comes from Solpats, which owns you know, 40 odd percent yeah. of, of New Hope, which of course operates coal mines. Um, and that construction business, in any case, it's mostly um, vintage stone. Mm-hmm. It's not going into new new housing. Most of their construction is from specialized quarries that does um, maintenance work on heritage buildings. Um, and if the Chrysler building needs a new piece of stone in the same format that was built in the 1930s, it comes from the single quarry owned by Brickworks and the economic cycle is not going to have anything to say about it. I think that American business is really, it's not high growth, but it's a very solid, um, decently returning business that it doesn't jump around with the cycles as much as, as you might expect. So I won't even be looking at the American stuff. It's not important. Um, have a look at Solpats, which is um, 50% of the, the value of this company. And then what the viewer has um, correctly identified is that about a billion dollars worth of value sits in industrial property. That's probably the fastest growing part of the company. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's where I'd spend my time looking. And they have um, a, a land bank which is continuing to grow, um, a rental book that is continuing to build, cash flow that's fantastic. Um, I still really like Brickworks. I'm going to go hold for now, but very close to being upgraded for me. Okay. Um, and um, it just is the lesson of on materiality here. What matters and what doesn't. Okay. So uh, look, you mm. are going to have to choose which one of our expert guests you <laughs> side with today, but it sounds like you're capable of doing yes. a lot of research. Yeah, so good, good question. I like it. Yeah. She's and really that good. brings me to my daily mm. reminder that, you know, this is information only. This is not financial advice for your particular circumstances. You either need to do your own research or you need to get advice. Let's get to number seven, though, on the list, shall we? IKE GPS. It is a utility pool maintenance sort of service. Um, it uses technology to do so. This is for Edward. Uh, what do you think? This uh, company made a small acquisition, from my understanding, in the U.S. just recently. Mm. Um, where do you see the growth prospects here? Up until about a few weeks ago, I owned the stock. Okay. Um, oh, so okay. we're just going to write sell down. Yeah. <laughs> if you've just sold it, well, why'd you sell? I sell to buy to buy something else. Okay, so I wanted you to took buy another profits, idea. I, no, I took losses actually. Oh, oh uh, yeah, well, you had to. It was only a. I wasn't a big deal. I think it's still a, a, a reasonably good idea, but I just had a better idea, and I needed the funding source gotcha. for it. Okay. Um, and so I, I bought something else with it, but. Um, Ike is, remains an interesting idea. Um, if I didn't have to sell it, I probably wouldn't have. Um, so the business is, you're right, Nadine, it's a, it's a platform for um, measuring infrastructure or poles. The, the thing that they do is they have a piece of hardware and a bit of software. And so when technicians go out and, and, and do work on in, um, power poles mm-hmm. or, um, or towers, mobile towers, or any of those fixed pieces of infrastructure, instead of climbing up and, um, and measuring the height um, or, or actually physically touching the pole, this little piece of hardware will use kind of laser te- telemetry to measure um, the characteristics of the pole and then automatically capture that data into a software package over at the back end. And then they can manipulate that data and, uh, and use it because that single 
pole is one piece of an asset that's usually millions and millions of assets long. Yeah. So when you aggregate all that, you can do a little bit with that data. And a lot of their growth has been coming from the explosion of 5G, which is why I bought the stock, yeah. because 5G, the characteristics of it are that it needs a order of magnitude more receivers than um, 4G did. So you have to put these things up in all these locations. And this particular piece of software is extremely useful at doing that. The board that, that Ike GPS has established is really impressive. There's some good quality people on this board um, and management's pretty good. I would say that probably haven't got the traction that I would have okay. expected as yet. They're getting contracts, but I think margins haven't been as high as I would have thought. Cash flow hasn't been as, been as strong as I thought. Hasn't been a disaster, haven't been bad. I probably would have expected a little bit better. So it was a sell candidate for me just to find another idea. I think you can still sensibly hold this. Um, it's a really interesting piece of technology. As I said, a fantastic board, um, decent management and okay. um, decent balance sheet. So um, I'm happy to hold. Uh, Gora, uh, Methan, sorry. So it's at <laughs> 60 right. cents, 60 cents. Mm. Um, yeah, okay. Oh, look, I've, I have to say, I did not hear about this stock before. Mm. So it's the first time. <laughs> it's an interesting stock. Um, it's in a cycle that's probably scary. Um, it's a hundred million market cap, um, and this is tough time to buy a hundred million market cap with negative uh, earnings. Mm. Um, it is a tough cycle, so you've got to really trust management, and you've got to really be a believer. Um, and for hundred million, I'm not at this point. Okay. Uh, but it's an interesting stock, so I want to keep an eye on it. Um, and graphs right in the context that. If it gets traction, and this is, I've got a, a growing list of tech stocks mm. that look ugly, mm. but I like what they're doing, mm. and this I'm going to add this to that list, mm. and I want to wait till they come up with a good traction that turns the cycle. At the moment, it's not. So you don't need to rush into this market buying a loss-making uh, tech stock in a downgrade cycle. Yeah, all right. So this is good. So watch this material, but I'm liking what you're saying about tech. We need to flesh that out at some point a little mm. bit later on. We need to crack on with this program. But yep. Webjet is the next on the list. This is for Alicia. Um, yeah, I mean, apparently we're still loving to travel, but does that per capita recession change that? Oh, hell yeah. Dump and run. Oh, really? Uh, travel is done. Um, and yeah. I, I said that about Qantas before, and yeah. uh, now everyone is negative on Qantas. When um, did you say that about Qantas? Oh, uh, probably about six months ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and um, and yeah. Look, these are the thing that people think is this re revenge travel kind of goes on. Yeah. And you can see it, see it from savings ratios. Mm. They've all collapsed. Mm -hmm. It's not going to go on. Uh, it'll come back hard. And I think travel, um, and you can see the demand globally in travel is starting to come off quite a bit. And I think that'll play out. Um, I think one of the, the simplest thing for me as a, you know, someone's a small business is that, you know, when I was in broking, yep. we used to travel every second <clears throat> week. I used to fly here, there. And I, even I was working in the US, I was flying everywhere, basically for meetings. Uh, now yep. you can zoom in. Yep. And so it kind of kills the business. So I'm not there. I think all of the, I mean, remember Webjet, has twice the shares it did pre-pandemic. Yes, yeah. So all of okay. these things tells you the sector has had a huge run. I'm a big seller of the, the whole travel sector. Dump and run. 85% of the profits from Webjet comes from a business called Webbeds, Beds, yeah. where, which is um, not really a travel business, but a hotel inventory management business. This, this is where um, the battle about the stock um, sits. You know, we've, This is one we've debated internally. I've been skeptical about web beds. I'm not sure that it has that much of a moat. I think 
inventory on webbeds can just as easily be on another platform. But um, other colleagues have pointed out that um, webbeds integrates directly into the hotel's back end, and um, there's a lot of automation. The margins, 50% EBITDA margins are pretty good, and, and revenue has been growing. So, so far, skepticism about webbeds has not paid off. I've probably been wrong on it so far. Hasn't been enough to change my mind yet, but it is cracking. My resolve on webbeds is certainly being tested. Mm -hmm. um, it's been a mistake to stay away from this so far. At a 5% free cash flow yield, I think it's fairly priced. I don't think it's expensive, Nath. I don't think it's cheap. Its market cap is yeah. pre-pandemic. Yeah, but the results are also better pre-pandemic as well. But that's only the yeah. last, every, everything yeah, in the yeah, last couple the years last... has got to be boosted, right? And so um, you've got to think of what it's going to be yeah. in the next year or two. So yeah. that's where I don't see the travel sector. I'm not saying, mm -hmm. These are classic yeah. cyclicals, right? Retail and then travel, all of these are linked up. And it's a matter of time before if, if one you believe, If you believe the webbed um, story, this, is, this could be a much better business than an average travel business. I mean, this could be a proper uh, inventory platform um, that, that maintains hotel inventory for beds um, on, the single, on the single source, um, upgrades, uh, integrates in the back end, upgrades automatically, and manages that whole inventory um, flow for, for those customers. All right, Gaurav, so you're holding it? <laughs> I'm gonna hold, go I don't know. It, it, it's, it's got, it could, it could work. This is like an yes, elder scenario. Work. We're not gonna <laughs> We're not change gonna any minds it. here, okay? Yeah. It's gonna be up to you out there, folks. Uh, this Nine is gonna be an easy one. Trends are been picked by Luke. I think you were keen to discuss this one. Yes. Why? Yes. HLC well, <clears throat> blocking it. Yeah, just like that's, a takeover last week? Look, they make their money from trucks going over. Uh, and yes. in a weak economy, less trucks. That's point one. That's the, so. That's not understood well no. enough. No, and, and I was. Yeah. Oh, who was I talking? To? I was talking to yeah. someone. Uh, yeah, my son's swimming um, coach, and he was telling me about this, and I was like, "Wow, you know that too." Yeah. Um, the the other thing is the CEO just quit to go run Sydney <laughs> Airport. Yeah, He's yeah. literally telling you, "I do not want to run a listed utility in a high interest rate environment." when government's going to block my growth outlook, but I'll go run a non-listed one mm. because I don't have to answer to you idiots. Well, in fairness, we knew that he was stepping down for quite some time. It, it wasn't like this but just the, happened last but week. But the thing is, what <clears> is <throat> he telling you? He's not suddenly going from running uh, Transurban to running Woolies. <laughs> He's going to a listed asset. It is basically the same thing. You're playing with the government. Everything is almost the same thing, except he doesn't want to be linked to the market. These are high, people are jamming into these defensives thinking that they are defensives. The reality is, we've said this before, defensives just have a longer cycle and that cycle is coming. And this has got high interest rates, weak economy, all of that coming to it. And the CEO is telling you, I prefer to be somewhere else. So that is a sell for Transurban. Yeah. But there was all this talk around Transurban that it performs well in an inflationary environment. We still do have an inflationary environment, despite the RBA, you know, mm. trying to get it back into the target band. That's still going to take some time. Um, my hot take is that this is a strong sell. I've, I've been saying for a while now. I think this is the most, one of the most mispriced big stocks we have on the bourse, mm. it's, and it's completely mispriced. I think it probably needs to halve. It, it's. Um, I, I don't understand the valuation on this. Um, someone's right. Someone's wrong. I don't think I'm wrong. <laughs> it makes no sense at this point. This is a very easy stock to model. You can model this out. One of the few stocks you can actually model out and get an accurate price uh -huh. um, because it's it's all all the variables are, are pretty fixed. Yeah. Um, Nathan's right. It's incredibly cyclical, more than it appears. And at high interest rates, it just collapses. It, it doesn't and, work. And because yeah. they're inflation adjusted, the tolls keep going up. Yeah. I mean, train tickets have gone up. Mm -hmm. You know, every bridge fees have gone up. Everything's going up but the wages are not going to keep up. So people I know, because when I get on Parramatta Road, everyone's on Parramatta Road to avoid the tour. 
Yeah, I mean, I, can, I avoid tools where I can. Exactly. And I that's what paying them. Exactly. Everyone is trying to do that because it's a tough economy. Mm -hmm. And that's going to hit them. It's just a matter of time. So the, the, the multiple, the valuation with high interest rate, it, it yeah. must um, shrink. Mm -hmm. And it's starting to, but not enough yet. It's, it's an easy sell. Okay. So the last one on the list is Enero. And mm. this one is sort of like a marketing group. I've always, you know, not fully mm -hmm. had my head around all that it does. Um, its share price is sitting at about a dollar sixty-four. Is this a buy, hold, or a sell? This is a fascinating business. Yeah. I'm really yeah. glad this came up. It's a hundred fifty million dollar marketing business, and um, you think, how can a marketing business do reasonably well in this sort of environment? And its secret sauce is that it owns fifty-one percent of a business that it acquired a couple of years ago. Probably had no idea about the monster. OB Media would turn into, but OB Media now overwhelms the results of this business. They only, they only own half of it, but it is um, the most important asset in this suite, and it is just. And it's international. It's international, yeah. yes, and it's growing sensationally. It's gone and from. Doesn't it have like Facebook or I don't know. You know what? I don't even understand. Okay. I need to understand what this. This is the, one of the reasons we don't own it because no one actually understands yeah. what does OB Media actually do. But um, it's something about online ad placement. Words put together that mean nothing to me. Yeah. Um, but revenue is going from eight million in, in the year twenty twenty to sixty million at seventy percent margin. Just think what that That's does huge. to your profit. Um, there's something to be done here. There's no question that OB is sensationally mispriced inside this vehicle. But because forty nine percent is privately owned by two guys who must be just laughing all the way, there is something to be done. That needs that, that stake needs to come together and be listed separately because that thing is probably worth 15, 16 times. And um, at the moment, um, Enero is is six times earnings, which is just the wrong price to pay for OB. But you need something to happen. Okay, um, so I'm do you go, buy Enero? In it's, it's tempting. I, I'd be tempted, but I'm going to go uh, hold because I'm a chicken today. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not a terrible idea to buy a little bit of this because something is going to happen there. It's unsustainable. We're running out of time. I'll yeah. do it quickly. I'm confused. A lot of people who've been looking at this for a long time yeah. are confused and they've been wrong. And I don't know. I actually don't know. This should be, you're right, it should be doing a hell of a lot better, but it's not. So I have no idea. I'm actually, I want to buy it, but because everyone that I trust have got mm. it wrong for, mm. for nearly two years, mm. I don't know. So uh, unfortunately, I can't say what it is. Um, so I'm waiting for it to actually get traction, but it's not. So at this point, you're right. It may be that they have to split out that asset and that gets the valuation support. Um, and maybe you take a punt for that. So maybe you take a small position, uh, not go fully in. That might be uh, the right way to do it. And take a small yeah. position, see how it plays out. If they stuff it up again, then get out. If they don't, then you add more. That might be the strategy. But yes, look, everyone I know has got it wrong <laughs> up to now. And I don't know. It's so fascinating. It is. Yeah. I mean, I love it because everyone is wrong and everyone goes, it's good. It's good. I'm like, yeah, I know, but it's not doing well. Yeah. And it hasn't been. And so, I mean, I'm confused just like the viewer, right? We, we all want to love it, but it's I, I, Well, Peter said, he didn't say anything. I'm confused by it. I know, <laughs> but it, it should do better. I, I want it to do better. I mean, it's an interesting stock. But so, so can we agree? All right, we'll we'll officially call it a hold. We won't put yeah. like a buy on it. But like you're both saying, you could nibble, have a little nibble. Yeah, I think you to could. Gain I, a bit I, of I would take, yeah. yeah, I would take so, 10, 20 percent and see yeah. how it does. And if they execute, or if they, you know, come up with a plan to divest the asset, this thing could rocket. Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask them to come in and explain. Yeah, yeah, that'd be yeah, good. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure I've, yeah. I have. I know I've bid for them before. Okay. 
Um, but yeah, I'll use you guys in this conversation as leverage. Anybody in Narrow out there listening? Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, look, request income. I think it's a very interesting stock and it has the potential to move a lot. Okay, all right. Well, let's, uh, let's try to do that and then I will tap you guys for some ideas nice as it happens. Yeah. All right. Um, yep, yep. I'm there. I'm there. I'll sum it up for you. So it's a hold for Brickworks from Gorav. It's a sell for Nathan. He he says it's a good business, but he would also sell James Hardy. Oh. He would wait wrong, for wrong. Yeah, the, <laughs> the the you know the bottom before he'd get in. Uh, IKEGPS. Now personally, Gorav sold it because he had another interesting idea, which he didn't tell us about. But anyways, but it's a hold <laughs> for him right now because he actually does think it's a good business. It's an interesting stock for Nathan as well. Um, he's got it on his watch list because it's still negative earnings at 100 million cap. So that's just, it's a little, that's not spicy. quite right for, yeah, that's too spicy for my friend Nathan. All right, Webjet, it's a dump and run sell for Nathan. Gorav is still placing a little bit of, yeah, hopes on this bed, web beds business, but it's a hold for him. Uh, Transurban, both of them do not like this one at all. It is a sell, a hard sell for Nathan. It is a strong sell for Gorev as well. He says it's one of the most mispriced big stocks on the ASX. He just doesn't get it. All right, and a narrow group. Well, there's a little bit of confusion there, um, but a lot of potential um, prospect as well. So look, officially it's a hold from both of my guests because they would never recommend something that they don't fully understand. Um, but if you wanted to, Peter, who requested a narrow, if you've got the funds and you've done your research and you know what you can handle, maybe just have a little bit of a nibble to see how it plays out. Mm. Right, guys? Nice done? Yep. All right. Nathan, <laughs> Gaurav, always a pleasure. Thank you so Thanks, much Nadine. for joining thank us. You. And thank you for sending in your picks. You can do so at osbiz.co forward slash call picks. We will get you across what's happening on the markets today in just a moment. <laughs> 